This is the Rotated Views Podcast with Jimmy Lee and the crew, giving you life from various perspectives. Welcome to our level. We hope you enjoy the views. All right, you are now tuned into the Rotated Views Podcast, episode number 15. I am your host, Jimmy Lee Velez. I'm here with Gabe, Heck, and Manny. And this episode is titled Show Some Love. We discuss our support systems, giving credit where it's due, encouraging others, and supporting our family members, even in their wildest ideas. We wrap up the episode with quotes from Eric Reese and Pete Carroll. If you're new to this episode, if you're new to the podcast, thank you, welcome. Don't forget to download and subscribe so you can stay up to date with all the new releases of our podcast. And again, how we kick things off is with a story um, about two weeks ago. There unraveled a fascinating story to me. This one's a little bit longer than normal, but I felt that it was important uh, to get the point across. So I'm going to jump right into it. This story is an MMA uh, story. So uh, for those who are MMA fans, this one's for you. If you're not sure what MMA means, it's mixed martial arts. Um, and this one's about the uh, the underground king, Eddie Alvarez, written by Elias Cepeda of Fox Sports, titled Eddie Alvarez's Beautiful Victory Over Fate. So, Eddie Alvarez has been discounted many times over the course of his long career, but his new world title should ensure that never happens again. Eddie Alvarez is the new lightweight world champion. A few years ago, Alvarez held up in court trying to free himself from Bellator contract to fight in the UFC. It seemed to outsiders like business and legal dealings outside of his control would stand in the longtime elite lightweight's way to finally get a last chance to compete in the biggest of big leagues. It seemed that way to Alvarez as well. And I quote, I thought I would never get out of there alive, he said, at the press conference after his UFC fight night main event win. Yet, he did get out and get his chance at the UFC. Then, he lost his debut. Perhaps, thinking in some circles went, Alvarez was past his prime. Perhaps, he wasn't really ever good enough to win in the UFC. Alvarez never believed any of it, or if he did, he found a way to put it out of his mind and grind on. Before we knew it, Alvarez had climbed his way into title contention and earned a shot at the champ. Still, his chances didn't seem good. After all he'd overcome, all the hurdles and setbacks, both financial and physical, it seemed unlikely that Alvarez would be able to take it even further. Yet, in the 13th year of his career, with only a Colt fan following, Alvarez showed up confident, fought young, and won, won over throngs of new followers with a winning effort. Suddenly, the unlikely champion looks like he could hold on to the belt for a bit. Suddenly, the underdog is sitting pretty on top of the fighting world. The shocking result and quick finish are just a result of slow, steady work and changes over a lifetime, of course. Alvarez became smarter, and so he fights better than ever before. Even though he's likely beyond his physical prime, he's still got the fire inside of him, and he now controls it and wields it with precision. It doesn't usually happen this way, a fighter getting older but better, overcoming legal battles with giant media companies, coming back from the bring of financial ruin to score his biggest paydays, but it has for Eddie Alvarez, he made sure it did. And once again, I apologize for that long story, but I felt it absolutely important and critical uh, to show some love um, subject that we're talking here on episode number 15. 
this dude has been in the MMA since 2003. Started, you know, his career started way back when, and uh, he's literally fought all the best people in the world. He had the roughest road to uh, this belt. And like, you know, the story says um, legal battles trying to get out of Bellator to fight into the UFC. And finally, this fight, he's fighting the the world's best for the belt. And he made it seem like it was all of those 13 years of frustration and failure. And um, even though he had belts and even though he had wins, he came out there with a vengeance. Dude, I'm talking about his swings look like there were it was pent up frustration in each strike that it was like the dude got rocked. I mean like I've never seen like a, a pouncing like that. A, aside from someone just straight up getting dropped, it was like it was literally watching a Rocky fight. He had no there was just a, a small little group of people, but they were so loud that you actually heard them chanting, Eddie, Eddie and for any of you guys who don't have haven't watched the fight, I highly advise you watch the fight after, especially you hear this story. It will get you pumped up, dude. He was punching and punching and punching like the dude's head was just getting rocked, like he was just literally getting rocked. And all I seen was the rest hands like wave in front of him to call the fight off, dude. I got like watery eyed and stuff, the chills. When you watch this video, your jaw is gonna drop. I mean, he, the dude rocked him like. He wanted that belt so bad. It was like, you remember getting like two pencils together with the rubber band and twisting them up pencil and just seeing like, like, yeah. like just go, yeah. Pencil wrestle. You saw the fight, yeah. Yeah. Dude, I got to give it to his opponent though. His opponent had a chin, had a rock solid chin. He was getting those hits and he was just eating them like yeah. it was like cheeseburgers. Yeah. Like literally that's how he was taking it. And, and he wanted to keep on going. The referee just came in and, and stopped it. No, he didn't know where he was. They inter- <laughs> at, at, no, they interviewed him. He said all he remembers is that one punch. And then the, the, uh, Dude, the ref yeah. calling the fight. That's all he remembers. Yeah, remember like, he remember sock and bop him? The rock and bop, whatever, the, the little robot things? Where you hit him oh, and their oh, head yeah, yeah, pops yeah, yeah. up. Do you guys remember uh, Mike Tyson punch out? Yes. Do you remember like little Mac was like... And the way the dude's like... It was like... Fake, like the way he was getting rocked looked like something. It would look like a movie. Like it, I don't even know how else to explain it. How like, long yeah. did the fight last? It was first round. First, first round. round uh, it was TKO. up two minutes and I think it was twenty seconds or something like that. Oh, yeah. I, I there just was twenty seconds it left. Yeah, because it was three minute rounds. I remember yeah. it was like twenty something seconds yeah. left. It's two minutes or something. Because yeah. the dude's like, "Wow, here we are, thirty seconds to go." And all of a sudden, you go boom, 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 boom. He's like, "Start light him up." It was huh. unbelievable. But the thing is, when we're talking about show some love. It was like the support. Um, that his friends went out to Vegas, traveled with him. They had Alvarez t-shirts on. Um, he's literally titled the Underground King because basically no one ever gets... He's beating everyone's behind, and they basically set him up for failure. They're like, all right, fight the champ. Like, at all levels. Like, they basically tried... It was weird. I don't know what that was all about. It just almost seemed like they are trying to, like, screw him over, mm-hmm. and he's literally overcame every single one. Shut him up. It was like a setup, and somehow he came out... <laughs> swinging bro i mean like i'd never seen anything like it dude i got watery eyed watching someone get beat that's not normal <laughs> but i it wasn't even that it was just the because i knew that dude was gonna be all right it was like um just seeing like his childhood dream yeah. yeah and you follow him on social media you see the build-up and he's like going for my strap which is basically what they call the belt obviously the back of the belt the mm-hmm. strap of the belt whatever i'm gonna get my strap i'm gonna go for gold going for gold watch this i'm getting it go for the gold like, all the doubted blah 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 
all that stuff, and then you actually see it actually happen. You can't not root for this guy. Yeah. What and was, it's what was his reaction? He was very calm, dude. It's it's like this thing where they say like um, uh, when someone becomes what they always dreamed about, and they ask them, you know, how do you feel? And they're like they're acting normal. It's because they say like in their mind they've been there a million times already. They played this scene over and over. So that when it actually happens, they they because they knew it was gonna be fact. They had that much faith that it was gonna happen. That he was very calm. He was humble at the end. He gave credit to the other fighter. He was super confident. He put sarcastic remarks out there, calling out other dudes in like a chill Philadelphia way, because people thought it was cocky, but it was mm. it was sarcasm. It was clear sarcasm. If you actually listen to the thing, because he smiles. Um, but it was the way he handled himself, straight up professional. Like I'm talking about, he knew it was going to happen. He was prepared. He had a suit suited and booted. Everyone else had t-shirts on. He was like a straight pro. Like he met like his destiny or something. It was unreal. That's super awesome. calm. Super calm. Philadelphia. He's from Philadelphia. <laughs> um, dude, straight up. Had a Kensington, Philadelphia. Uh, my brother-in-law went to school with him. It's just, it's pretty. It's just a cool. It's a cool thing. Like so, we're like rooting him on, and then how it all happened. Like Kel's like, oh, they're all there because it's basically like Facebook friends, and they're like, we know all these people because that's they all grew up in that same area. Right. And just think about like your home, like one of your friends. Just think about one of your friends becomes something professional. You're actually watching them get a title and win <laughs> everything, and you you go there for your support, and like you're like rooting them on and everything bizarre it is it's yeah. it's it's like a whole nother level of i don't know he just has one of those it's a rocky story it really is it's you had no shot at all and they set him up for failure and he beat every single dude straight out of philadelphia <laughs> i mean why, why is that accent What's, that's that's, that's northeast that's, that's their accent i don't know uh, but yeah, no. So my thing was, um, I don't know the guy personally. Uh, I heard of him. I watched several of his fights, uh, including one, his first one in UFC and two of them in the belt. I'm not going to sit here and say I knew the guy from day one. But I, I knew who he was, obviously, too, because he's a local boy um, and went to school with people that we know. So it was just awesome. one of those exciting things. I'm like, dude, I'm so excited. He, you know, um, By the time this we releases, it'll be boys. two weeks, but he wants like a parade and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, he wants to be. A, he wants to be, and this this is so smart. This is what I said. This is so smart because this is basically what this is not the route Conor McGregor went, but this is what Conor McGregor did. He basically, made himself a spectacle. That was the reason why he had so much attention. There was so much smack talk, and he's a well dressed dude. He carried himself with such confidence. Everyone knows from Mayweather to Muhammad Ali to all these guys who are the craziest smack talkers, but they're backing it up like they have belts and all this stuff. It's like a magnet people love it they just whether you hate him or love him it's just drawn to him and this guy has a different approach he's being humble but he wants to make it a spectacle uh i just think it's fantastic i'm rooting on for the dude i hope he goes on to hold that belt i hope he does fight conor mcgregor at one point i think that'd be or uh one of the diaz brothers um, diaz brothers would be a good fight yeah so they're saying whoever wins out of the diaz mcgregor fight that's who he'll fight which oh, really? i think would be even that's better that's and awesome. he wants, they said, uh, since he's Puerto Rican, they asked him, how cool would it be to be in Puerto Rico and fight? And he's, his comment was perfect. He said, that sounds amazing, doesn't it? That sounds great right now. He's like, I want to like, defend my title in Philadelphia. Philadelphia. 
first. Before, you know, before we do all that, that's that's awesome. But he's like, I'm born and raised in Philadelphia. Like, the UFC doesn't bring events here. And if they right. do, it's not often. He's like, I need to do it in front of my hometown first. Right. Bring it home. Um, yeah. And I just think it's dope. Imagine that. And they, their, their fear is that they won't sell. UFC, you will sell out. That's a guarantee. Absolutely. There's people here. There's celebrities here that will That's promote this force, thing. UFC. Absolutely. It will get sold out. Absolutely. And there's casinos all over the place. I know that's what they, you know, they shoot for all that stuff. That's why it's in Vegas and all that stuff. But I, I think Philadelphia, the city of Philadelphia was surprising. I never even heard of this guy. Yeah. I think it's cool, though. For 13 years, he's been trying to get this fight going. And obviously, along well, no, the way. Not this specific well, not this specific fight, fight yeah, yeah. but his title. You know, like yeah. get himself known. I mean, he's got, he's, he started out with obviously a crowd, uh, uh, you know, fans. Yeah. Dropped some fans, lost a bunch of fans because yeah. he got caught up in whatever it was. And he went to Vegas. Was a fight? It was in Vegas? Yeah. Went out there and he had a handful of people with him for support. And this is what he does. Yeah. Like he's... They, they, well, he, was, lead, he was the underdog, right? For yeah, this was, match. Oh my gosh. The odds were horrible. Were they? He was yeah. not supposed to win. Like at all. Um, again, it was a setup for him to lose again. Just to get this guy out of here. Because yeah. he's just one of those... Dogs, he's just, and he says, they let the dog out. You shouldn't have let the... <laughs> you know, it's awesome. Like just hearing the... Um, just hearing the talk, but no, the legal stuff was with Bellator. He had a contract with oh, them. That okay. was his legal oh, stuff. Okay. He had, he wasn't getting in you know I trouble with other trouble stuff. stuff no, 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 no. He he couldn't get out of the contract, mm. and he was trying to. Gotcha. And he became the only person to hold uh, world champ belts in two different leagues. Okay. So he has he ha- he's actually the lightweight champ for Bellator. <laughs> Still, oh, wow. currently. Yeah. Well, no one beat him. He got out of his contract, and that was the end of that. Wow. He held two belts in two different leagues. It was the first time it was ever done. That's awesome. Um, so before we jump into anything else, this episode is titled Show Some Love. Um, I wanted to give a few de- uh, definitions provided by dictionary.com. Uh, the first one is the word support, which means a person or thing that gives aid or assistance. And cheer, um, which means a shout of encouragement, approval, congratulation. All right, so... Now that we have that, that's that kind of that's the reason why I want to give his story, um, just because it's it's a, I don't know, it's thrilling to me, it's super exciting. But um, so we'll jump right into uh, our segment number two, which is questionable. Um, how important is it for you to receive support from your friends and family when you are trying to accomplish some big dream or goal? Hmm. I think it's super important. Keeps you going, gives you that motivation. You know, you got that support, especially from the ones that you love and you care about, and they're supporting you, like with your projects that you've had over the past year or two. Yeah. Well, like your your book, your album that you dropped. Everybody supported you. I know that must have felt like awesome. Oh, absolutely. Everybody, you know, had your back on the whole thing. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, there's nothing better. It's like a comfort thing. Um, cause you know, at the end of the day, you still got to do it. Like I still right. got to put in the work. Right. I, I'm yeah. still one paying the bills. I'm still the one getting up early as anything in the morning and going to bed late. But the fact, just knowing that there's people like cheering you on, like, dude, go, come on. It was even like watching this Alvarez fight and he's swinging. I'm like, swing buddy, swing. Just imagine if someone's actually in your corner in real life though, not in a box. And they're like, swing, don't give up, dude. Keep going. Push. Um, there's nothing better than that, dude. It just hypes you up. It just gives you the energy. It kind of fills the voids uh, along the way, kind of like a little energy shot or like a cup of coffee or a shot of espresso or something like that. Just that jolt that you need. Like you're gonna do it, 
But, oh, man, there's nothing better because sometimes you're down and you're not telling people. You're not – they don't understand completely what's going on. Right. And that's okay. They don't need to. But the fact that they're just there cheering you on, it's like that support is um, – yeah, it's like a – it's a, it provides a backbone to, to what you're doing or what you're trying to accomplish. It just solidifies like exactly what you're doing. Like you're proving to them that the people's closest to you that, like you said, support you all the way that, that you can prove it to them. At, along with – you always have to prove it to yourself no matter Absolutely. what. But yeah, but you're you're giving them something to to cheer you on for because they, they know you're doing something great and it just adds more more fuel to the fire. Yeah, I mean, there's that there's that um, that that excitement factor that also comes in. Um, just think about the opposite. Like if someone's downing you and you know mm. hating on what you're doing or trying right. to talk you out of it, just the the drainage of energy. That just pulls you down because now it's this negative energy that you have to give attention to depending on who you are. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of whatever. But then on the other hand, you have someone who's positive and giving you that positive vibes, who's positive energy. That's just a booster. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You you appreciate it even more right. um, because you will hear the naysayers or the negative stuff uh, for whatever reason it is. It's seriously not important. Yeah, and you're but, always your own biggest critic of all that stuff anyway too. Like stuff you're trying exactly. to do. You're always stuck in the weeds of... of just being focused on it that you get like so wrapped up in it that you don't think what you're doing is good but the people outside can actually give you a different perspective on actually what you're doing you know and may give you a different thought process of of maybe even if it's even if you are doing something great but maybe it can make it even better because it gives you a different a different um, perspective yeah yeah i mean there's some of the stuff that i heard people were saying i laugh because like that's all that's all you got i thought you're gonna like bury me for something else i already said that to myself <laughs> believe me i know i'm working on that or whatever yeah. um but then when you hear words of encouragement, especially with someone who doesn't even know the specifics of what's going on, you always got that ride or die. They're just supporting you just because they love you. Right. <laughs> that's, that right. makes it even better. You know, like mom's like, I know you can do it. I know you, yeah. you know, and, they, and, and it's so innocent because they, they truly do want you to win. Like the world is not out to get you. Yeah. Stop thinking that. It really is not. If you think that, it's your own thoughts. You that's you. you. Yeah. yeah. That's you. You're out to get you. Not the world. The world's busy doing with their own problems and have their own things. And the fact that you actually think that people are constantly thinking about you is, is actually hilarious. Because everybody's thinking about themselves. Yeah, everyone's thinking about themselves. Believe me, they're <laughs> not that, out there saying? thinking about you. You're your own worst enemy or something like yeah, that? Yeah, you like, your own worst enemy. Absolutely. It's crazy. And that's something that you have to chin check every single day. Yeah, um, yeah because some people are like, oh, my God, there's so much. I love they bring it on. Blah, blah, blah. That might be fuel for some people, but... Dude, I think some people make it way more bigger than what it actually is uh, when it comes to the, the critics or whatever. Um, sometimes, though, there's there's differences, though, too, because there is, like, constructive criticism um, it's, it's that I welcome and, yeah. and I need. Um, so I actually call, you know, people for counsel or uh, mentors and stuff like that. But um, the other knucklehead stuff, the, the support is just rooting someone on. Um and then also is like when you're actually involved and have like a like a vested interest in this person, uh, for my, for example, my brother Miguel was not here. Goose, he uh, opened up when he opened up his barber shop. I just remember like I could. There's only st certain things I can do. Like I couldn't give him. I wish I could have, but I couldn't give him like ten grand to help him out. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But we were there with the hammers and the screwdrivers and you know with the hard labor. That was Absolutely. way we can help. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's not. Every way of helping is not going to be the same, but if everyone rooted someone else on, like, you got to think, this person was put into this world, this is all they want to do, this is their dream, 
and and you're you're crushing them for what you're just make yourself them. feel good right i think a lot of it support is when people show support it's almost giving you approval so mm. when they're showing you support, I mean, down at the basic necessity, human beings love, you know, we need approval, right? That's why we go to work and we work for somebody because, hey, good job. You know, yeah. when they're berating you or, you know, degrading you, you don't work as hard. But if they give you a good job, all you want is approval. I mean, nine times out of ten, if if, if somebody's kind of uplifting you or say you can do it or believes in you, uh, that kind of pushes you forward uh, for the most part. But, I mean, supporting somebody is just showing approval. And that's all we want. You know, you may not have it in you, but as long as somebody sees like, yeah, man, you got it, that little nudge just kind of puts you right over the top. It's like it's like an emotional incentive to kind of keep going. It is. It, re- it it really is because a lot of times when you're going through something, you're questioning whether you sh- mm. should be doing it or is it going to work, and you need that little support or approval to be like, okay, I'm good. And if one person believes in it, then you know, do it. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So let's jump into our second. Uh, segment called dad life um, so the question is what crazy idea have you supported or reinforced your children with or what crazy idea did your parents support you with as a kid <laughs> so uh, I don't know what in the world possessed me but I get busted about this all the time to be a cheerleader. I was a spotter. I wasn't really a cheerleader, <laughs> but my mom and dad supported me for spotting the girls, throwing them up. I thought it was a cool thing. I love girls, and I just thought it was cool to just toss them up. And I didn't, at that they point, support, I, they supported that. They supported that. Like, oh. my I brothers, thought, up, I my brothers, no. My brothers, no, no. Oh, they knew? They knew. Oh, they, was it wasn't on the sneak tip. They was sneak. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my brothers are playing sports basketball. Yeah, but it was surprising. Like, like, my mom and dad supported me. My dad clowned me a little bit in the beginning of it, but, you know, it, it is what it is. And they supported me the entire way. And my brothers made fun of me, but obviously they, they supported it too because that's what I wanted to do. And of course, I only did it for one season and that was the end of that. So. But uh, I just, you know, I, I appreciate it. My parents for supporting in, on my decision of a sport. I don't even know if it's a sport. I don't even know what it's called. Again, I was in high school when it happened. I think I that is an actual, like an actual grade, debate grade. that people have. So, yeah. Whether cheerleading is an actual sport or not. It's a debate. Yeah. So, anyway, so that was my, you know, my, my thing for, for the support of my parents. I know for uh, Goose, who's not here, but I remember that whole thing when he, like, expressed interest in cutting our hair um it wasn't like the most backed up uh thing uh that he was doing because at that point there was no like barbershop movies there was no um you know cool made it cool thing or put in a highlighted you know the male versions of this you just figured our barbers around us were old like super old. old Um, and then everyone else was a stylist, like a hairstylist. And, and my mom, or my parents, I think, thought at first where it was, he wanted to be a hairstylist or something. I don't know what they thought, but it was really just wouldn't be a barber. And he had the talent, like, off the bat. Like, you could just see it. He's, he, he was very up, good yeah. at, yeah, what he did. Um, but then you could tell when it turned around, when they realized, well, he's really good at this. Um, this is something he's passionate about, he really wants to do. And when the support came, his career exploded. That's when he went full time. Yes. Um, it, it was pretty cool to watch. Um, I know for me, there was like a couple things um, back in 2006 when I was introduced to the personal development area. It, was, um, it came along with a home-based business um, that my parents, I don't even know, they just thought I was half nuts or didn't care. They, just, they respected my decisions. 
and um, and I respected that. I, at the time, I was at my senior year of, uh, at Temple University. I was wrapping up, you know, a long career, and um, I got in this home-based business, and, you know, you got like a few questions, but I think they just trusted my judgment after a while that it was just like, all right, well, he's a grown man. He can figure it out. We support you. I'm not, you know, I'm not, not so sure about this home-based business stuff, but I support your decision-making. And, um, and I think that's, that was like one of the crazy things. And then my crazy, uh, all those other ventures that spiraled basically off, um, off of that one venture, uh, which is, super amazing now that I think about it I just got like on my timeline of seven years ago you know like update like seven years ago today you did XYZ it was me and my buddy Scott were in Baltimore for a photo shoot for our website that we put together that was on you know personal development and stuff like that which is like what in the world and he just had texted me too he's like oh you want to get on a mastermind call tomorrow night but it's just weird like how things come full circle when you see the support even me and Scott uh, DeVore right now he has multiple business ventures going on I had multiple things going on and we still collaborate with each other discussions so it goes beyond obviously the family thing we have sharp friends that are knowledgeable that are um and successful as well that are still cheering people on who may not be as you know far ahead as they are which Mm -hmm. is huge um i know like if you're like a senior or something in high school and you say something to like a sophomore like that can crush that kid's spirit because they actually look up to you you know what i'm saying to trying to bring it back in like basic terms it's kind of like the same way with business We're a super successful business owner who has 15 businesses two hotels and you know and five restaurants and you open up your first restaurant he comes and tells you you know this is a terrible idea is a terrible dude that like that will crush you because you looked up to this guy it was like right. somebody mm-hmm. you respected blah 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 so i think also to take into consideration is not only just fr- uh, family but friends as well but understand how delicate your and strong your support is to people, because um, it can be career crushing, mm-hmm. so to speak. You can say one thing to someone and they will never approach that dream ever again. No, they'll drop it because they're taking your word. Yeah, of what you said because they respect you, you. Yeah, exactly. And and I think that's an individual thing, understanding how much your word carries to someone, because obviously it's different for other people. Like my, you know. A, per, a random person down the street is not going to listen to probably two things I say. Right. Whereas if I say the same thing to someone else, I'll right. take it to the head or take it to the heart. I'm like, oh, well, okay. This guy definitely just said that. Hmm. I, <laughs> you guys are that you guys are funny in, in yours because your parents, both your parents are just like, yeah, go for it. Well, I only had one parent that supported me kind of, and I wouldn't say crazy, but in my senior year of high school, you had to pick a major, right? And for whatever reason, I must have got like a hundred on one chemistry test. You know, I started to walk around during my senior, uh, going into my senior year. I was telling everybody that I'm going to to be a chemical engineer. I remember multiple times saying to my parents, and my mom was like, "You know, oh, mm, okay." You know, she's more of a realist, and she kind of saw the the forest through the trees. Where my dad was like, "Yeah, puppy, go ahead, bud, you got it." And like, and I honestly, <laughs> I honestly believe that he's like, yeah, man, if you want to do it, do it. I believe you in, in you. And I'm like, yeah, man. But meanwhile, I, I said this to multiple people. Um, and my mom like, okay, all right. She said, yeah, she said, yes, hesitantly, but supported me kind of. Then I finally realized halfway through, I was like, okay, that, that I'm glad I told everybody, but that, that ain't sure as hell ain't happening. 
my my dad and my dad was still my dad was cool about it. He was like, oh, but whatever you do, man, whatever you do. And my mom was like, oh, thank God. And, you know, she said, and she literally verbalized that to me, where I was like, oh, phew. I just love how this whole thing's based off one test. You got a hundred. One test, dude. Yeah, no, I, and that's what it was. I, one pulled, test. I pulled the trigger, but I was premature. But I remember telling my like my mom. The funny thing is, her laughing at me helped validate or support me. The realism. Like when I was like. Cause I I had to own it at that point. I told like a lot of people for like three months. He told his whole all, class. Hold on, time. I didn't even get in. I didn't even get in college yet. I was like, yeah, hey, this is what I'm gonna do. Temple University. I didn't, I didn't even get in. Meanwhile, long story short, I had to go into the special program like a summer school to get into school because my SATs weren't high enough. It was horrible. I went six weeks. But I say all that to say this: my mom supported me, and I'll put that in quotes. But when she was like sigh of relief. Back in my mind, it gave me, I was like, Phew. like, man, I, I said that and I threw it out there as a dream or a big, huge goal. But when I kind of had to renege on it, it was like, yo, man, I can't, I'm high, I'm high, I can't. She's like, I know, pa. She helped me feel, and she supported me through that. She's yeah. like, yeah, do something that, you know, that you're good at. The reality check. The, yeah, the reality check. But she supported it, kind of, but really, she, she helped validate and supported me in that fact. Like, even in my kind of, I wouldn't even call it. It's not glory. What would you call that in my kind of terrible, embarrassing moment? That was your glory. That's yeah, exactly what it was because you got that hundred and you were like, I'm going to be a <laughs> chemical. What so was it? Awesome. It wasn't even a test. Chemical it was a quiz. Engineer. Yeah, it was a quiz. He wants to be, he's a quiz. chemical yeah. engineer. Oh, it was fantastic. Now, what choice. does a chemical engineer do? He engineers chemicals. There, there you go. go. That's, That's as far it. as I went. That's it. But, but you know, in all that, she supported me um, in that kind of taking back that decision which kind of made me feel better and like all right i need to do something else that i might be better at so yeah i mean support has multiple layers we gave that basic um definition but being supportive and actually caring about someone comes along with those reality checks like dude let's be realistic here or let's um you know come back down from cloud nine and let's get grounded that to me that's just as good as support Absolutely. as because she wasn't crushing your spirit because at the same time she said right. okay but she kind of wanted to like let's weigh out our options though sure you got a hundred percent on one test right and maybe naturally your inclinations probably aren't geared towards chemical engineering no um not, uh, he, she, you didn't do anything beyond that except make kool-aid yeah uh, well that was let me tell you <laughs> Yeah, it was the big chemical combustion that ever happened. (laughs) And it was smoking. And it was smoking. But I mean, as parents, you kind of know, like you kind of, you watch your kid develop and grow over the, you know, the last 16, 17 years, you kind of have an idea of what they're good at. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you know, they're good at talking to people, they get numbers, blah, 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 or whatever. So, you know, when you bring that up and she was just like, oh no, you know, and I could see in her face, I knew from the beginning, she, she didn't support it, but me being stupid <laughs> she was supporting you no, no, she was, was being doing, a mom but here, here's the mom. thing i was doing it out of uh discontent i was doing it out of just i'll show you like i had a big oh, ass okay. ego. Oh, so and then at ego. the end dude, and then it was even worse because i had to eat crow and swallow my pride like, mom mom you don't wait mom <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what i mean but even through uh, all that she just laughed and patted me on the bus and keep it moving so you know like like jim says support is shown in a lot of, <laughs> a lot of different ways yeah, she kept it real. Absolutely. Um, I mean, absolutely. I, yeah, absolutely. That there's no, there's no. It, there has to be a point where you are celebrating and and cheering someone on and showing love to them and support, 
um, in these weird fantastical <laughs> ways, but then you have to be grounded too. And I think it's age appropriate as well. Like sometimes mm. some kids will say, I'm going to be an astronaut. That's not the time to say, yeah. no, you're not. You're not going to be the yeah, president. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it just, it just yeah, there's just, just let it go. there's okay, levels yeah. to them. Like, okay, yeah, you never know, blah, blah, blah. But I guess that kind of gives an early hint of like, oh, they're interested in that type of image. So you kind of push right. them in that direction. You know, get them like globes and stuff like that, but yeah. you kind of push them in that direction. You kind of encourage that part of it. But yeah. but you never know if they might actually get to that uh, area. Uh, hold on, hold on. All right, I'm going to stop here because my son wants to be, TJ, what do you want to be? I want to be an artist. So you get him paint? <laughs> yeah. He paints, he got books. I said, what do you want to be? He just want to be an artist. I was like, what? He's like, you know, I want to color. And I was like, oh boy. I pop. I, I appreciate that, but it's not you can't color for a living, like to do something. You can't color. He's like, paint. What about drawing? Yeah, right, paint. But he's like he's at crowns. I was like, Oh no, we can't, <laughs> can't well, be a, from crowns to something. Yeah, else. so I mean I like I support his like yeah. CJ, there's there's you can do art a lot of different ways. You can yeah. if you want to be an artist, it's is this, that, or third. So I can kind of get behind the artist, but when he came out, I was like, Yeah, like I just want to color. And I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was like, oh boy, I'm not 32 and bust up the yeah, Crayola I just, I couldn't. And maybe, maybe one day he could do some wild things. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I remember, I think I was like in 10th grade or something like that, where I told my mom I wanted to be an architect. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't even know where I got that from. Oh, I think we're watching, we're seeing like a, some documentary. I don't know if it was a building, like a skyscraper or a, or a bridge being built. And I'm like, okay, so who's the guy behind? Like designing this whole thing because it had Making to do with blueprints? art. Yeah, had to do with art. And I'm like, that's kind of artistic. They have to, you know, look into things. There's math involved there. Um, and I'm like, Mama, and someone answered around if it was my mom or my dad. Like, well, a portion of that's an architect. So what's an architect? So then we start doing our research or whatever. I never forget. My mom took me to, I believe, I don't know, like Walmart or uh, AC Moore, one of those craft mm. stores, or if it was a Walmart, I don't remember what it was, but it was like a little architect. Uh, kit where you get to build like all these like models and stuff like that and it was she did it without question it was a weird i don't know if it was weird but i think my mom always supported me no matter what even at like baby yeah randomness like i wouldn't be an architect i didn't even know what it was like you know what i mean and uh but that same day she went out and bought it was like this little kit like a how-to kit and you know become a professional architect for like years 10 years old to 12 or something like that it's like a little project thing what'd you build um, initially I built a house. I remember building this house cause I remember being totally disappointed in how unsatisfied that was building it. Um, <laughs> like that's it. Like, uh, and then I built a, it was like a tower and then I tried to build a bridge, but I didn't have enough pieces. And then I was done. He used them for the I'm out. Yeah. And that was it. That was the end of architecture. Yeah, nice. Um, sure they weren't the connects or no. Yeah, no. So yeah, it actually you started connects. off. Connects got me into that thing. Cause you that's actually connects. how mommy explained it initially she's like well you know how you put together connects and you design things blah, blah, blah. i'm like yeah she's like well they make plans before they actually build it so they kind of know what's all involved how many you know you know the materials that are needed etc and kind of budgeting and stuff i'm like well it seems so overwhelming okay i still kind of like it um so then we just went from there uh, but i mean i don't know i also got told by someone not to do it because uh i don't know if they meant that I wasn't good enough to be that or there's so much math involved I shouldn't do it. Um yeah. I won't even get into that, but yeah. So that's another episode. Yeah, it's a whole other episode. Uh, my my thoughts were always wild. I, I thought I was gonna be a skateboarder because my uncle bought me a skateboard one time. And uh I had a big <laughs> 
wide like pants and skater shoes. So I Jankos. and it was yeah, but it was like at a random. It was like my mom just bought me a pair of white like pants and uh, skater shoes randomly. It was for school, but I guess that was like the fad that was in. So I I, I she didn't randomly pick the shoes because I picked them and I liked them. They were Converse, but my uncle had gotten us a skateboard a while back, Uncle D, and uh, so I swore up and down that I was gonna be like some crazy skateboarder and i'll go up and down our alleyway skateboard and thinking that i knew what i was doing dude i couldn't even do a kickflip on the board so <laughs> that ended that well kickflips were hard so but i'm just saying like i couldn't yeah you know, i couldn't, couldn't do that you were definitely couldn't not do an ollie i couldn't even yeah there's some knowledge for you, you go, i couldn't ollie. even do that it was, you watch it was too much horrible. rocket power dude <sighs> yeah auto auto <laughs> throwback look it up youtube it <laughs> but yeah that's it, man. I tried to swung for the fences, missed terribly, lost the bat, hit the person in the first row. Come on, nobody else has got anything. Jim, then you want to be a uh, motocross riding dirt bikes, or no? That was just one episode. No, that's just how I mangled my arm. Uh. No, there was a oh. bunch of stuff that I wanted to do. I never told anyone, but yeah. yeah, it was like I did the whole skateboard thing for like two years. I did the whole break dancing thing for like a whole summer. You did the whole carry on cardboard with you? Yeah. No, actually, we had them two locations. We're smarter than that. Like my house, your house, my buddy Evan, Chooch. Uh, we had him. We had him I on the fitness him, episode. What kind of music were yeah. you guys listening to the breakdance? Um, oh my gosh, dude, all kinds of stuff. We yeah. literally looked it up. That was when we we're downloading stuff off LimeWire. Oh, wow. LimeWire That's music off LimeWire. We went online, said B Boy songs, and whatever it was, we downloaded it. Like we looked it up on LimeWire and downloaded it. Like, it was oh, all man. like '80s stuff, '90s stuff. It yeah. was. He walked around with a helmet for a while. Now I know why. Yeah. Because you know his helmet is, you just start spinning. I didn't remember remember the the guy in front of your house who's really good at it. Yeah. Gil, Gilbert did it right. Yeah. Gilbert, Gilbert did, did it. Yeah. But I, Gilbert. I did it with him and I failed. How'd that work out? Anything athletically? Probably you're not winning right no, now. The me, cheerleading, me, the skateboarding. Me, 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 my athleticness. Uh, <laughs> athletes. <laughs> what is the word? Guys? Athleticism. Yeah. Athleticism. There you go. There you go. Sporticism. <laughs> uh, I just did. My coordination was off. All right, so uh, let's jump into the "What would you do?" segment. Um, this is being real with yourself too. Was there ever a time where you didn't really want to cheer or root someone on, but you simply just had to give credit where credit was due? Hmm. Come on, haters. Come on. Hmm. No, there was something. All right, so last year NBA Finals for me. Um, I was rooting on LeBron James terribly, like, bad. And uh, my brother, Goose, was rooting on uh, Golden State Warriors. And, you, and, heck, you remember, we were on, you know, like, a group chat, group yep. text or whatever. I was we're in going Florida watching it on my iPad, actually. Yeah, smack talking and whatever. And they came over my house for a game. I went over to their house for a game. Like, we were, like, heavily invested in this. And... Excuse me, man, was I hating on Golden State Warriors. It wasn't any one person in particular. I was just hating on the team. Like, come on, man. They're a bunch of young guys. There's no way they should be beating you. Come on, LeBron. You got all the experience in the world. You got, you know, all these rings now. Like, do something. Let's go. And, man, I never cheered for something so strongly and been so disappointed that I was just like, dude, they got beat. Like, to me, it was fair and square. Like, they just got beat. And I just had to give credit to Golden State Warriors, like, you guys beat them fair and square. I mean, it was the whole Splash Brother thing. It was unbelievable. Literally to a point where I became a fan. 
Right. Didn't you cheer them on this year? Because then I, this year I cheered on Golden State Warriors and um, the Cavaliers won, which basically makes me a mush. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, but yeah, I remember just being like, I wasn't really hating on. I just didn't want them to win. It wasn't like I don't. I didn't dislike. I didn't really right. know the team that well. It was just like I know these guys are really good. They're you know really good. They're you know, uh, three-point shooters are amazing. They're up and coming. Like, this is wild. But LeBron James was the king, man. He's the new um, big name in our era. Like, I wanted him to win so bad. And then they just got their tails handed to him. And it was a brutal beatdown with these guys. These three-pointers were shooting from, like, the half court. I'm like, I threw my hands up. This guy's, like, on Planet X shooting the ball and it's still going in. You know what I mean? I'm like, this is wild. Like, I have, I have to just step back and appreciate the greatness. Yeah. And that's what that led to, literally to I became a complete Steph Curry fan, Golden State Warrior fan, still LeBron James fan, still Cavaliers fan. But I was just saying, I appreciated them more mm, right, uh, after right. seeing that display of uh, um, athleticism <laughs> and, and skill uh, and passion. It was just, yeah, and the whole story behind Steph Curry was just like, wow. Yeah, so... It, well, it wasn't that I was hating. I just wasn't, you know, cheering for them. I was just cheering for the people that they were playing against. But quickly turned me into a fan. Like, quickly. Almost overnight. Yeah. Because then I said, wait, you have to not just not cheer for them, but you also have to be witnessing history being made and be appreciative of that as well. Right. Being so blinded by just because you wanted your team to win. But it's like, don't miss the greatness. You know what I mean? This may never happen ever again. Um so that was it for me. That was the that was the idea I thought of too. <laughs> Mine was in my my uh, the the graduate class that you have to take before you leave college. Um, there was a a guy who you could just tell smart, polished, like had it at twenty two. You had to go to a private school. Yeah, and he gave presentations, and and I just hated his face. <laughs> I mean, he was oh, just man. so he was so smooth. <laughs> so Everything angry. he said. I hated him because that he kind of I envied him, so right. I didn't cheer him on. Oh man, when he was presenting, I was like, "Yeah, I hope you choke, I hope you cough, something. I hope yeah. something terrible happens to where you look horrible." And at the end of it, his presentation was flawless. <laughs> I said, "I got up, man. I was like, man, I clapped. this. <laughs> I gave him a round of applause because at the end of it, it was like, man, this whole time I'm hating. Meanwhile, I should just be taking notes. Like at 22 years old, he was so crisp." clean dressed to the nines i mean everything about the dude was just super sharp i just saw like you know ceo or mogul or some sort of executive walking through the room yeah meanwhile i'm like hating on him so hard i mean i never (laughs) outwardly said anything but inside i'm like i hope you fail somewhere i just hope because everything was just so perfect and then he came and presented i'm like you gotta fall on your face at this point dude knocked it out of the park and i was like (laughs) damn like hating hard like i was really and granted it didn't mean anything to me it didn't affect my grade one way or, yeah. or the other but it was just my own personal like vendetta i guess i was like i just want to see you fail and then when he like still hit it out the park i'm like <laughs> put my hands up clap for him I was like, that's it good job buddy you win i'll never see you again but i hated on you for a whole three months of of, of a school year it yeah. was unbelievable that's great i um i'm one it has nothing to do with sports or or anything like that mine is uh I like the bus chops, and when I go, I go in hard. People's hurt feelings get hurt, but when somebody gets me, and I just stay shut, and they say, "Oh, you don't got nothing to say," 
And I'm like, now nah, you got me. I give them credit. I give them absolute credit that they <laughs> they were able to stump me, and I couldn't come back with something to get at them. At work, it happened today. My boss is like, oh, you have nothing to say today? Because he got me. He said something and caught me off guard that I wasn't laughing. expect. Yeah, I laugh at him. I was like, no, nah, I'm going to the bathroom. <laughs> that's it. He walked away from you me. You owned it. That's it. Yeah. yeah no, yeah, so yeah. I, 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 that's my way of you know giving credit because if I could take it. All right. I, I, if I could dish it out, I should I be able to take it. Right, so right, right, right. Yeah, that's what I do. I give you the so credit. You just concede. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just let it go. Isn't it wild to you though? Like when you start thinking about um, teams or or people that you're not cheering for, knowing on the other end, like there's people passionately cheering for this person. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's like mind boggling. Like wait, wait. So why am I not cheering for this person? Where there's so many people that are like in love or. There's something that's not clicking that I'm not connecting with this individual, yeah. but some other people. Well, they, are. their passion is a little harder for them for that specific person or the sport. Whereas your passion, you don't have that passion for you. You're just giving the credit because of yeah. basketball per se. You know, they did a good job. Right. So that's I guess that's like the the difference of it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's just weird. I just think it's there's someone on the opposite side like rooting for them or opposite. I'm rooting for somebody and there's other people out there hating on them. I'm like, what do you? What is there to hate? Well, you kind of did that with the, the basketball teams the past two years. Yeah. Like you were, this one you had more investment in like the whole, more of the season and stuff. Last year, we kind of like, you kind of went along with it because you didn't have as much knowledge, I guess you could, like you said. Right. But this time you actually had a, more investment. So you had more of a, a of a drive to actually root for one patina over the other one. Oh yeah. I mean, I literally watched 92% of Golden State Warriors games yeah. this whole year. Like I, I was a fan. Like I literally right. was the yeah. definition of a turn you know, converted fan. So I mean, when you have, when you put that much effort into paying attention to that, of course you right. have much yeah. more of an yeah. investment again. And that's true. That's the opposite side of that too, is that, yeah. you know, the other team is doing the exact same thing you're doing, just the opposite way of it. Yeah. Just, that's true. Yeah. It's just crazy when you think about that though. It's wild. All right. So how we like to wrap up our episodes here at the rotated views podcast is ending it on a couple quotes. This, this week, we're going to switch some things up. Um, and we have two quotes by uh, one from Eric Reese and the second by Pete Carroll. And for some reason, my reading skills today are totally off. So I'm going to have Manny end the episode off with uh, reading uh, oh, these two quotes here. Nothing like get having it, some it, pressure here, boys. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to read the first one uh, to you, which uh, Eric Reese, like, uh, I guess, Jimmy Lee, that's, that's his gentleman's name. I think so. Uh, but it, the quote goes as this. Uh, the biggest startup successes from Henry Ford to Bill Gates to Mark Zuckerberg were pioneered by people from solidly middle class backgrounds. These founders were not wealthy when they began. They were hungry for success, but knew they had a solid support system to fall back on if they failed. Dude. That's actually going back to what we were saying, having it regardless. And these guys weren't. Have that support. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's awesome. I didn't even know they had that type of support. Okay, Bill Gates. But, I mean, Henry Ford, I thought it was like rags to riches type thing. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, somebody had the support. I mean. No, no, no. Hey, yeah, but I mean, middle class. That's, I yeah, I know Henry riches. Ford's wife was like extremely supportive in everything he did. Yeah. Like hardcore. Because that wasn't, it, cars wasn't the first thing he was tinkering with. Right, that's you know. what I was about to say. That wasn't yeah. the it was, first it was, thing. It was, yeah. it was on the farms. His documentary is pretty cool. Anyway, we digress here. Uh, the next quote comes from uh, Pete Carroll, which is a former USC uh, football coach, now current uh, head coach of the Seattle Seahawks in the NFL. So, uh, the quote goes as this, each person holds so much power within themselves that needs to be let out. 
Sometimes they just need a little nudge, a little direction, a little support, a little coaching, and the greatest things can happen. End quote. All right. So hopefully you can use those, apply them to your life. Those are the two quotes. Um, That ends this episode of the Rotated Views podcast titled Show Some Love. In this episode, we discussed our support systems, giving credit where it's due, encouraging and congratulating others, and supporting our family members, friends, and children, even in their wildest ideas. We wrap the episode up with quotes from Eric Reese and Pete Carroll. Thanks again for joining us. Guys, don't forget to visit the website, jimmyleevelez.com. Follow the blog. If you have any inquiries or questions you would like for us to answer on a future episode, uh, just email us at info at jimmyleevelez.com. And on behalf of myself and the rest of the crew, we wish you massive success. And until next time, adios. The Rotated Views podcast was produced for self-development purposes. Thank you for the love and support. We truly do hope you enjoyed the views.